The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi there, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the Gary Neville podcast. We're speaking after Manchester United had a tough game to beat Burnley. Manchester United are linked with the story we have to start with, this proposal for a European Super League which has had a lot of criticism already. Broke story just before this game started. Your thoughts on it, Gary, and, and what it might mean? And will it go through? It won't go through. Uh, not a chance. And I said during the game that I thought that the top six that have signed up to it should be deducted points. That includes this club, the club that I love and have supported all my life. But I'm ashamed of them. Absolutely ashamed. Uh, for two reasons. One, that they would want to try and sign up to a competition that is franchise football, essentially, with no promotion and relegation, almost like that right to play the biggest games all the time. That's not the that's not the ethos of the ethic that Manchester United was built on. But the Americans, and they've got American ownership forget here. Forget yeah. them. They're nothing to do with this football club. They're just custodians of this football club. The fans that come into this ground who've supported this club for 100 years are the people who matter. And we want competition and the ethos of the club. Now, you might, some might say that's gone already, but forget them. They're nothing to do with this football club in terms of the actual history of the club and the, the long-term future. They'll be gone. They're just passengers in the night as far as I'm concerned. I'm fuming that Manchester United Football Club that have been pioneers, that should be people, that should be leading from the front, that should be looking after everybody in this country. There are National League South and North clubs are in disarray. National League clubs are going bust to a furloughing players. There are League Two clubs who are on the edge. The whole system and pyramid at this moment in time is struggling. And the timing is the second point. So the first point is for Manchester United as a football club to vote for this is disgusting. The timing of it in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of an economic crisis, not just in, in football, but in this world, to demonstrate greed rather than compassion is an absolute shocker as far as I'm concerned. And I've been critical of the people at this football club over the last few years for some of their football decisions. But this is another level. This is another level. And you can put all the other five clubs owners in the same box as far as I'm concerned. Liverpool Football Club. Liverpool. The club of the people. You're a shambles, just like this lot are here. You're all the same. You'll never walk alone, all that rubbish we listen to. And the stuff here about, you know, looking after things. Honestly, I'm absolutely livid. And the timing is as bad as the proposal. The proposal will get kicked out because the fans will hate it. The governments will hate it. FIFA will hate it. UEFA will hate it. The Premier League have already come out and said they hate it. The fans will hate it. You'll hate it. I'll hate it. And they are so disconnected from reality to think that they could put this forward at any time, let alone now. Honestly, I've... <sighs> I said, I've got no words from him. I've just had a lot of words from The politicians have said they hate it as well. That's come out uh, during the time we've been on the air. Is it a negotiating ploy to get more from the current system? I don't know what it is. Um, you said it was greed during the game. That's being polite, um, I think. But it's a more measured approach towards what it is. Uh, honestly, I'm raging with it. Because over the last 12 months... 
you know, I've represented all five or six major stakeholders in this game. The PFA, I've lived on the management committee of the PFA and I've been a union player person for the last 25 years in football. I'm a club owner in the EFL. I played for England and under the FA for 10 years and then six or five years as a coach. I've been in the Premier League, either working on it with Sky or playing in the Premier League for 20 years. And I've used the League Managers Association for... Uh, contracts when I was a coach for a short period of time. But I've lost faith in the ability of the organisations in this country to be able to make sure that football is fair and balanced and it's right. It's gone beyond. It's now gone beyond. And I've been, for the last 12 months, part of a group that have called for an independent regulator to protect football from itself. We have to protect football from itself because we've got imposters that are coming in to own clubs in this country with the power base. The FA are rudderless. What happened 20-odd years ago dealt with them. They've got no power. The FL are just, if you like, the, the baby brother to the Premier League. And the Premier League is run by the clubs. The clubs are run by the owners. And that's the power base in this country. And the power base in this country has to be regulated so that there is a fair deal for fans. There is a fair deal for clubs at all levels, that grassroots are looked after. Yes, players still can earn fantastic money. We still want the best managers in the world. We still want wonderful football matches. But it can all be there if we just have that simple view that when you were growing up at the age of five, that you wanted to be in love with football. Go back to when you were a kid. Go back to when you were a kid. I'm not against the money in football. I'm a football club that puts money in. I'm a football player that earned a fortune out of the game. I'm a pundit who earns a lot of money out of the game. So I'm not against that. But the selfishness, the selfishness of what's going on at the moment is absolutely incredible. And it's totally against competition. Um, the Americans I mentioned earlier, they work in a system where it's all sealed off. There's no promotion and relegation. They probably find it anathema that Aston Villa were owned by uh, an American. They got relegated. Uh, these kind of things don't happen on the other side of the Atlantic. And there is a strong American element with Manchester Liverpool United and Arsenal. even in the Champions League. <laughs> They're not even in the Champions League. Tottenham, Arsenal. They're not even in the Champions League. And they want to be in it every year just as a right. I'm a United fan. You know, I was in the Champions League every year for 20 years because we earned the right every single year to be in it. We earned the right every single year to be in it. That's it. You earn the right to play football at the highest level. If Leicester win the league, they go in the Champions League. I mean, the joke of Arsenal earlier, shambles against Fulham. And then you basically got a situation whereby Leicester wouldn't be in the Champions League or the Super League or whatever you want to call it. We better take a little half-time break because they want me in the studio, Martin, but we'll come back and finish this off, I think, after I've had my little whinge in there. Welcome back to a second part. It's been a, a difficult day in many ways and a, a day in which we've had to try and protect the destruction of English football. It's not too much of a, an exaggeration to say that, I don't think, especially with the volatile reaction. Well, just to relate it to the Burnley game today, Burnley were within a game of going out of the Football League into non-league football back in the 1980s. They had to earn the right to fight their way back through the pyramid to where we find them today, giving a really good account of themselves in a difficult away fixture. That all goes out of the window. I was brought up to believe you earn the right to win in sport. And if you can't win, you lose gracefully and you accept that the competition is you can't win every week. But it has to be there, the competition. More than the greed, it's the guarantees that anger at me because that's what they want. They want 
to be, oh, we've got to be protected against relegation. We've got to be protected against this, protected against that. And I'm appalled by that attitude, whether it's been triggered today. It's like you said earlier, it's, we can smell it coming. And today has been a, a pivotal day and it's brought it to a head. And I hope it's actually chopped the head off it. We'll have to wait and see. I hope so, Martin. You know, I was... You know, I say I, I, I have the privilege of being able to sit on League Two calls um, as one of the owners, obviously, of a League Two club, and I sit on the calls. And during the pandemic, for eight to ten months, I was on the football show for the first few months begging for a rescue package to come forward to save clubs and see chairman and owners on the calls that I was on, desperate. And it took 10, 12 months for a rescue package of 30 million. 30 million, 1.5 million pounds per club in the Premier League, that is, by the way. 30 million pounds came forward of Grant to League One and Two. Imagine, imagine in any walk of life being in a situation whereby you couldn't be a saviour quite easily and simply. You wouldn't put yourself in that position just to do the right thing. They can't do anything right. We've got to stop the power base of football in this country being in the hands of the top six clubs in the Premier League. We have to, to protect football from itself, to protect Manchester United from Manchester United and what Manchester United need to be. Let's be clear, I want this to be the greatest football club in the world, bar none. I want it to win the Champions League every year, the Premier League every year. But deserve to win it. But deserve to win it. And Manchester United, I want them to have more money than the other clubs so that they can spend more money on players so we see the greatest managers and the greatest players out here on Old Trafford. So it's not the money part, but it's the idea that they believe that they're entitled you're not entitled. I spent 25 years under a manager here playing when every single team talk, he talked about the, the ability to do the right thing, to work hard, to do the right things every single match, to fight to the end. Never feel entitled, never feel complacent. Come back every year and do it again. Not, oh, we can have a, a year off this year because we're in the franchise league and we don't go down. That's not what this is about. That's not what football in this country is about. And honestly... Enough's enough. I'm fuming with it. And I'll get more fuming the more the days go on. People think that that initial reaction during the game was emotional. It wasn't. I will believe that the punishment of these clubs, if they declare a letter of intent to break away into a franchise league with no relegation and promotion, it's anti-competitive, they should be punished heavily. But they think they're above the law in that respect, that nobody will be brave enough to do that. And football has lacked leadership in that sense. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in this position. Martin, I would come down on them like a ton of bricks. And I wouldn't even hesitate, even my own club. And do you know something? The 75,000 people that come in this stadium and the 200 million fans around the world that Manchester United have, they'd all come down on them like a ton of bricks as well. Because honestly, any fan that's got a, a, a heart or an ethos or a, an element of understanding of where footballers come from, it's about that five-year-old as, as a kid coming into this stadium and feeling the magic and knowing that you could lose every week, you could win every week and you'd be disappointed and you'd be hurt. And we went down in the 70s and we came back up and we've lost FA Cups and we've not been in Champions Leagues for the last four out of the last eight years or whatever it is. That's the beauty of it. I mean, seriously, I can't believe what's going on. And in the timing of it, honestly... Well, by the time people watch this, it may have changed, but we're reacting... I can watch Mason Greenwood's goal, can we, instead? <laughs> because that reminds me of the beauty of the game. Mm. A player, been at the club since he was eight years of age, fighting to get into the first team, now emerging as a talent, scoring two goals today. That's what we should be talking about. That's what this club should be focusing on and doing everything to do. 
he should be playing in the Premier League that is a competitive league as part of a pyramid and in a competitive European competition. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I don't think people who are involved in these top six breakaway talks understand how a victory would be devalued with just a breakaway league with nothing but to play each other over and over and over again. Uh, I just don't think they get it. Maybe that happens in American sports. There's small leagues compared to the pyramid that we've got and they just get used to them playing over and over again. And they call it a World Series and it's in one country. But this is the world game and we have a pivotal part to play. The Premier League is most loved of all the leagues around the world. We know that. We're lucky enough to be involved in it. And I'm glad their reaction was as, as strong as it yours has been and, and let's hope it goes away it'll only go away really if the people who are making these it's not the first one you mentioned no. the other uh, thing that happened a, a year or so ago for the similar we've had Champions League wanting to be reinforced and some guarantees in that as well sport exists through fair and equal competition and anyone who thinks otherwise is an idiot the big six the big six 30 years ago Villa Forest Everton, the big six, 70, 80 years ago, could have been Burnley, Bolton yeah. Wanderers. Wolves, yeah. Wolves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's an absolute... It's but time, oh. times have changed, and we have to respect that... Listen, at my age, City there's no way, there's no way I want to live in the past. I want to be adaptable to change, because that's very important, especially when you get to the age that I've reached. Uh, and you're now a mature football observer and somebody who's been steeped in the game since you first kicked a ball we have to be aware that there is scope for change but not this change surely not this change Martin in the midst of a pandemic the proposals that should have been coming forward should have been for the correction of the game sustainability in the game the finances in this game that's what it should have been more for grassroots football more for the FA, more to distribute into the Football Foundation. I know there is a lot goes into it anyway. More distributed down through the leagues. There should have been a correction of, of how football was looked at. The, the panic that set in, the, the, sorry, the compassion that should be there during this should be looking after health, number one. But secondly, should be looking after each other and thinking about how as there is a better and fairer game moving forward. A better and fairer game for all clubs for all grassroots football, for all fans that want to come and watch. It should be affordable, it should be accessible. Now, honestly, I get the fact that it costs a lot of money to go to the cinema nowadays, it costs a lot of money to go to the theatre, it costs a lot of money to go and buy a meal, or 
you know, a pint in the middle of Manchester can cost you seven quid. I get that, the fact that, you know, prices are rising all over the world. And Manchester United, to be fair to them, have held their prices for a number of years here on the match ticket. So not everything's a disaster, not everything's bad. But this proposal, I think, could be the tipping point, particularly if they try and push it through further and don't apologise in the next couple of hours and say, we got it wrong. I mean, if they try to push this and, 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 and drive it forward, honestly, they could push themselves into a position whereby they're, they're worse off. They're worse off. That's all I can say. Well, there's been no spokesman. It's just been a statement. And I think we'd have listened more if it had been a spokesperson, if somebody had come out and tried to justify what they're trying to propose. Martin, but... no, no, no. I, when I said the bottle merchants, it's not an emotional reaction. These people are faceless. Let's be clear. Not like me and you that will stand up here, will accept our criticism. These people aren't on Twitter, on social media. They don't take criticism. They won't put the face, their heads above the parapet, these lot. They're the quiet men of football. It's the, it's the quiet force, the quiet power. And it's on, silent dangerous. assassination it's if it's dangerous. not careful, if it's not dealt it's with. It's absolutely dangerous. And mm. honestly... Do, we want, do yeah. we want to talk about the rest of football? You can do if you want. We can just leave it at this. I mean, I have to say that... Oh, I don't know. It has dominated the weekend. We were actually on the air when the story broke. And so we've had to respond really um, ad hoc off the top of our heads, really. But I think the reactions, I use the word greed with the first sentence that I uttered about it. And, and you have come in even stronger than that. And it is something that, that has, uh, I think it's shattered the world for the football lovers until it's sorted out, until somebody comes out and says this, this cannot happen. And, and as you say, if they're not punished, well, we're two years down the road, it'll happen again. But Martin, honestly, you just have to, at moments like this, think about whether the... I know we shouldn't... This is not about... This is not history. We should move forward. I'm all for moving forward and modernising and going for it and creating more jobs, more wealth, more prosperity. So this is going to kill jobs. This it's is going to kill, this is kill jobs of professional footballers. This is killing... Honestly, yeah. this is... You think about Samat Busby, Herbert Chapman, you think about sort of what would be the people who have immersed themselves in, this, in, this, in these clubs over the, you know, even Jurgen Klopp. You think, what do you like? Will Jurgen Klopp like this? Not a chance. Bill Shankly. Imagine. Imagine Bill Shankly hearing this. <laughs> Samat Busby hearing this, not looking after your own. Imagine. Sir Alex Ferguson. He was at the game today, I think, wasn't he, Silas Ferguson? He was, yeah. Every single team talk, as I mentioned before, talking about the, the, the governed shipyards where he grew up and everyone had to look after one another. That's gone. Because these people, they're trying to look after themselves. And it's greed, it's selfish, it's inappropriate, it's disgusting, and it needs punishing. And I, I'm not being emotional. It's a criminal act against the people and fans in this country. Football in this last eight months, Martin, you've said it a number of times, more than me, it's actually been a little bit of a saviour for people in this country in terms Correct. of the pandemic. Because without it on the television at times, it would have been a big struggle, particularly for football-loving fans and sports in general. You know, my daughter's seen the netball come back on in the last few weeks. It's been amazing for them. The cricket's on and it's around the world. It's fantastic. The rugby's back on. So it's been a saviour sport for people in this country. It could have been the good that come out of the pandemic. And it's grabbing defeat from victory. They've grabbed defeat from victory. They had a difficult early pandemic where I think they were sorting themselves out. Then they came out of it, they've handled the uh, Premier League restart and the way in which sport has been handled has been absolutely meticulous. 
and now they've gone and ruined it again at the end, just as we're coming back into what would be normal times. Gary, we'll leave Thank it there. You. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.